Hello and welcome to the Corner 3 on 97.1 The Freak. It's Studio 41 Radio. Hope you are still enjoying your Saturday afternoon. I'm still Bobby. Tim Cato's gone. Hey, shout out Tim Cato for joining the broadcast. Really appreciate you, man. Check out all his work at The Athletic. But it's time to get to the real show. The best show on Saturday afternoon during Studio 41 Radio segment time on 97.1 The Freak. Hello. Yes, that's Katya Viava. <laughs> Katya, of course, it is the corner three. Uh, Isaac is once again gone. So it's just us two just holding us down two. the fort. That's right. You ready to vibe? Let's do it. You ready to we have got fun? two segments. Let's, let's do it. I'm excited. You ready excited. to spot up and, and post up and other, other basketball phrases? I, all I have is an elbow jumper in my arsenal. But okay. Well, that's, I mean, there's It's very antiquated. Yeah, but there's still, there's still value in that. I mean, Luca's starting to shoot that more this year. It's very Dirk. Yeah. 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 I mean, you learn from the best. Yeah. I wonder if, well, I guess we're already seeing this. Like, if you grew up watching Steph, just all you shoot is just 30 footers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And like now, geez, imagine the kids watching Luca. They're yeah, all like just behind that line, backs. or it doesn't count. Yeah. Like the three point line. Yeah. Doesn't count. And they're also just like always just jogging. <laughs> like, they're just <laughs> never sprinting. <laughs> just playing. <laughs> and like if coach is like, play harder, play harder. No, I'm playing at my own pace. This is my pace. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, this is fine. Like, <laughs> I, my pace is valid. Yeah. You know, that's... that's um, my pace is valid. It's like, you know, for me personally, mm-hmm. my pace is giving... Is giving. That's yeah. what they say. <laughs> yeah, it's giving Luca. Yeah. My pace is giving Luca, which is going to give you wins. One guy that does not play at the same pace as Luca. <laughs> 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 he plays like Luca squared uh, as Josh Green. He's having a great season. He is. Uh, we did a, a nice little film room video, me, you, and Chopper, on the Mavs YouTube channel, breaking down some of the clips. If you go to the Mavs YouTube channel, you can find it. We posted it the other day. It's great. Um, but what we wanted to do for this first segment, just for the really the remainder of this segment, is not so much a 2020 redraft. That was the year that, that Josh Green was drafted. Not so much doing a whole reorder, like who's the best player, but just going down the draft list in that first round and identifying the players that are better than Josh. It's still early in Green's career, right? But we've seen him take such a leap this season. It really feels like he's a completely different player than he was last year, even in the playoffs. Like we're only talking a matter of like five, six months. The dude is totally like, like it feels like his whole career trajectory has shifted. Now we're talking about him like he should be playing starters minutes. In the playoffs, we were like, can he even be on the floor? Yeah, I mean, in the playoffs, I've said this over and over. Like, Utah would leave him wide open. So, like, obviously, like, the respect factor was not there. I think now people are more aware of what he can do. You know, the last few games, he's gotten more minutes. And I think um, as long as he can stay out of foul trouble, like, I don't see him. I don't see I don't see the minutes going down. Yeah, yeah. Sense. I mean, the only way – so, the only – time in the last like five games now this is going into the Milwaukee game the only time in the last five games that he didn't play at least 20 minutes he was in foul trouble correct and he's played going all the way back to like November 4th over the Mavs last 17 games he's played at least 20 minutes in nine of them so more than half the games playing yeah, 20 and minutes I, off the bench and I mean I think he does make a huge uh difference I, I think he's got good energy I think he's starting to kind of be more comfortable like Throwing some Luca passes here and there, which you can see in the film room. And like, some Luca trash talk. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's drawn out his, there. His his personality is coming out for sure. Like, do you think that? Do you think he really is kind of like a a, a trash? Like he's not like Draymond levels of just really in your no. face, but like he's he's gotten into it with KD. 
He picked up a tech in Denver. Like he's got a little cool. bit of a of a temper. You sh- you should have a little bit of an edge if you you know. Mm-hmm. Y- you just should. You should always have like a, a bit of an edge and a chip on your shoulder, and I think that that makes you good. Be edgy, but don't be an edge lord. I don't know what that means. All right, that's a good thing. That's okay. Good thing. You're you're not an edge lord. All right. Okay, good. And you shouldn't strive to be one. All right, so let's get rolling. So this is going to be a little bit of rapid fire. Do you want me to give you their stats or? I have or? them pulled up. Okay. Um. But we can say it. We can say them. You know, you can say them or. You know, I'll, I'll say them. I'll say them. I'll just say career points per game and then any other thing that I find interesting okay, as, I, as I pitch them to. And I, I just want your rapid fire. So okay. here's what we're going to do. We're going to start at pick one. So that's Anthony Edwards. We're going to work our way down the whole first round. Tatia. First, give me Josh Green's career stats so uh, we okay. know what we're comparing to. Okay. So Josh Green in his career. 130 uh, games. Humble. Yeah. Humble stats. 130 games. 4.5 points per game. 2.3 rebounds per game, one assist per game. However, this year, he's averaging seven points, 2.3 boards, 1.2 assists, uh, shooting 58% from the floor and 44% from three. So that's what he's doing so far this year. Now, it's still early, but he's having a great year. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the player, and then if you think that that player is definitively better than Josh, then you're going to say yes. Okay. And if you think that player is either definitively worse than Josh or it's maybe too close to call or a little too early, just say no. no. Like, are you taking this guy over Josh? Is okay, basically the, okay. That's the, that's the question. All right. Now, okay, one more thing real okay. quick. So in his career, he's averaging about 15.1 points per game. I kind of take that into account, you know? So like if a you guy... Per, per 36, you mean? It says per game on here. Josh Green? Yeah. Mine says per game. Oh, no, that's minutes. Minute. That was minutes. 15 minutes per game. That's what I'm saying. So, like, oh, if a guy's okay. averaging, like, 30, I thought, I thought but he's points, only scoring, like, 10 points, that mm-hmm. kind of, in my eyes, evens it out. Like, yeah. they're, they're producing kind of the same amount. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, I mean, hard for him to get 30 minutes his rookie year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But I'm just saying, like, I, I'm taking that into consideration. Sure. Okay. All right. Pick one. Anthony Edwards, career 20-point-per-game scorer, key player from Minnesota. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and over Josh. All right. So here's where it could get interesting. Okay. James Wiseman has only played 51 games for the Warriors, has averaged 10 points in those games, but has spent most of this season in the G League. Um, I don't think I've seen enough, so I'm going to go no. Josh Green is the second best player in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> we did Josh it. Josh Green should have gotten number two. Yeah, he should have. I mean, this is factual uh, evidence. All right. Number three, LaMelo Ball, 18 points, seven assists, six boards a game. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. LaMelo, yes. He's pretty good. Uh, and they played just about the same amount of games. He's played 129 in his career. I know he missed a few you know, earlier this season, but... He's yes. so good. Yeah, he's so good. A guy that the Mavs will see tonight, Patrick Williams for the Bulls, missed a lot of last season with injury. Uh, whenever he's on the floor, he has flashed some potential, though, but the Bulls kind of stumbling a little bit this year. Uh, no. No, 27.1 points per game and only scoring 9-2. No, minutes, 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 minutes. Oh, yeah, sorry. 27.1 minutes. going to say 27 points. Oh, my no, God, no, this no, guy's no, no. a stud. Minutes, and he's only scoring 9.2. Sorry. Um... Only played 112 games. No, I would take Josh. Mm-hmm. He's kind of that same sort of like 3 and D guy. It's just tough up there. You got Levine. You got DeRozan. Yeah. You had, you know, uh, Lonzo whenever he's healthy. You got Vooch. Like, there's so many guys that touch the ball. Hard for him to really make, like, too much of an impact, you know? Um, Isaac Okoro 
went fifth in that draft. He's now mostly coming off the bench for the Cavs, eight points per game for his career, uh, 30% three-point shooter. No. No. Josh Green, better yeah. than two lottery picks. Let's go. <laughs> um, all right, next up, Onyeko Okongwu, a big man that went to Atlanta, six and a half points, five boards. Has flashed some big potential, but he's still stuck behind Clint Capella on the depth chart. Um, I mean, to be completely honest, I don't really watch a lot of Atlanta games, so I'm I don't know enough about him to say. Shots fired at Trey. He's switchable, Okongwu. Okay. You know, he's switchable. He can defend. Big time athlete. But again, he's stuck behind Capella. Yeah. You know? Kind of the the big question is like, because they spent you know they used the number six pick in the draft on yeah. him. Are you going to give that guy some? more playing time or are I mean you three kinda, years in I yeah. would think I mean he's entering the last year of his deal next year and he, he's barely ever started so I don't know uh, it's I'll go Tricky. pass I don't know a guy that recently broke our hearts yeah Killian Hayes Detroit Pistons I still wouldn't I agree <laughs> I mean I still I mean dude turned he into had a good game yeah, but like I still wouldn't turn into Chauncey Billups for about five minutes there yeah like, enough to really ruin my night for, right for a whole season <laughs> Uh, no, I, w- I would definitely take Josh Green over Killian Hayes. Obi Toppin, the eighth pick for the Knicks, has been coming off the bench. Does wear Lucas, but he doesn't play that much. Uh, too soon to tell, I think, on that one. It's too soon. Four of the top eight that Josh is def- f- absolutely definitively better than. Hold on. I said too <laughs> soon to tell. Nope, you said he's better. Uh, how about number nine, Denny Avdia? Uh, has been coming along a little bit for the Wizards. Has missed some time for injuries, but he's he's overall been pretty solid. Um, nah. Josh, better. Yeah, sure. Let's go, <laughs> dude. The propaganda train is rolling. Yeah, I'm on the hype train <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, number ten, Jalen Smith, now with the Pacers, was drafted by Phoenix. Went to Indiana last year and absolutely balled out of his mind. This year has been more kind of playing more to his career averages of about eight points and five boards a game. I don't know enough about this guy. I don't know. I'm a big Jalen Smith fan because he wears uh, goggles. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that. Like, uh, Reggie should bust out some goggles or, like, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Reggie had a... This photo, I was on Mav's Twitter, I think, the other day, wearing these gigantic star glasses. It was the Superlatives video. That's Shout right. out Mav's social. Yeah. Um, it was the Superlatives video, and he was wearing, like, giant heart-shaped glasses. It was a vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's, a, he's a pretty good player. He's okay. a, He's got more experience than Josh, but he's still good. But I don't know. I think it may, may be too early. Maybe yeah, too early. I think too early to tell. Phoenix very surprisingly just did not pick up his third-year option. Very strange to see Phoenix that. Phoenix did some a, weird stuff over the offseason this year. Yeah. So, uh, One guy that I think is is going to be better than Josh, Devin Vassell for the Spurs. He's yeah. really coming into his own in, yeah, in, he in is. year three. He's been really good. Um, he's had some – he's scary, man. He's the kind of guy where, like, every time he shoots, I'm thinking it's going in, you know? Yeah. Um, next guy, I mean <laughs> – He's more like, should we be saying that he's better than Luca? Tyrese Halliburton oh for the Pacers. Dude is yes. unbelievable. He is balling out this year. Um, yes. Just, just yes. Super good player. Uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. really has not had much of an opportunity because he's just been injured so much. But okay. guard for the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't know enough about him, but I'm going to just say no. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It's unfortunate he's been hurt. I mean, he hasn't really gotten the chance. And in three years, he's only played 78 games. Um, Aaron Neesmith originally went to Boston. Now he's with Indiana. Uh, was billed as a shooter, but is only 32% for his career. Hasn't really found it yet. I also don't know much about him, so. That says a lot. Yeah, you know. so, so now. Uh, Luca famously hit the first of his two buzzer beaters against the Celtics over Aaron Neesmith. Okay. Dallas. So, okay. Uh, shout out Aaron Neesmith. Uh, okay, so we're through the lottery now, and there's only four players that are definitely better than Josh Green: Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, Devin Vassell, and Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, honestly, Tyrese should have been like a top two pick. He, yeah. I, I'm still shocked Lamelo went third. Looking at this, but you know. It, it's tough. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of get to it once we get to uh, the guys that were taken immediately after Josh. Mm-hmm. If you're drafting for need, like the Warriors didn't have a big, so they took a big. They already yeah. had Steph and Clay. so do you really want to take LaMelo? Like, whenever you have a choice like that, it's just really tough to pick the redundant guy as oh, opposed okay. to, okay, yeah, that know? makes sense. That makes sense. But then again, the other person would say just take the best player, whoever they are, and I make guess it work. You is know? there two schools yeah, of thought on best that? Best player available, or do you go with the best fit? Or Okay. Unless you do think that James Wiseman was the best player. You know, maybe they thought he'd be a lot better than LaMelo, but we'll what never is, know. What is your thought on that? Um, I think that you should, it's a, you should take the best player that could conceivably help you that year yeah and like so like okay so for the maps we can skip right ahead to tyrese maxi if you want but uh, tyrese no. maxi was on the oh yeah we, we got we'll we'll have to burn through these next few but okay. tyrese maxi was on the board the maps took josh they had just played the clippers in the bubble and got brutalized by all of their wings they needed size they needed athleticism they needed defense and so to me it just like it didn't make much sense they already had luca and brunson right. paper. like you don't need to draft another small guard draft a guy that can defend Kawhi and defend paul george okay so it's kind of a it's kind of a both a both okay, for me. Okay. Um, Cole our, Anthony. Yeah, I'm Cole say, Anthony, number fifteen, Orlando Magic. I'm gonna say n- they're about the same. Ooh, about the I same. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Um, Isaiah Stewart, Detroit Pistons, has oh, had some big games. He's against had the Mavs. some big games. Um, but they're they're so close right there. Like I would say, like kind of, they're different. Are they different positions? Yeah, I mean, Stewart is sort yeah, of like, like, they play more like Maxi kind of, like yeah. this big, switchable kind of, you know, bulldog Same sort of impact, but like, I don't know which one. Yeah, they're both, they're both definitely like energy guys. Yeah. Energy changers. Um, Too soon to tell. Yeah, I think Stewart's gotten definitely more of an opportunity, but if Josh would have, uh, would have been on, you know, a tanking yeah. Detroit team playing a ton of minutes, I feel like we'd, this would right. be a discussion. But, uh, your favorite player, Alexi Pokashevsky. I was like, this is why we can't <laughs> skip it. Now, I love me some Poku packs. I love the dancing. Uh, I would still take Josh Green over Poku, though. Take that, Poku. <laughs> Sorry, Poku. Uh, all right, that takes us to Josh Green. Okay, up next, this was a big heartbreaker on draft night. Sadiq Bay went to Detroit one pick after Josh Green. I'm going to say no. Ooh. Ooh. Again, getting a lot more. So we, for, for reference here, Josh Green has played 1,965 career minutes. Sadiq Bey has played 5,300. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's played a lot more. I think he he was kind of on a on a trajectory to do very well, and then he just hasn't. So, uh, no, Josh Green. Yeah, he's now coming off the bench for the Pistons. Yeah. Um, he is, however, uh, he, he did have another year in college, 
And to your point, he played a ton of minutes his rookie year. Mm -hmm. He even had a 50-point game, I think, his rookie year. Like yeah, the, he, the yeah, dude I was awesome. So. Um, but you know, he he's he's gradually seeing a decline in minutes as opposed to a, an increase like Josh. Um, Precious Achua went to Miami, is now playing huge minutes for the Raptors. I think he's a, I think he's a solid player. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a good player. Um, Definitively better same, than Josh Green. Yeah, I mean, I don't same, know. Yeah. same. Yeah, I mean, some of these guys that were that you're saying the same on, like it's kind of dealer's choice, right? There might be someone that's like pounding the table. Isaiah Stewart's better. Yeah, but like you know, we're talking. There's arguments margins. for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The this game is like people that are definitively better, like Tyrese Maxey. Yes. Definitely better than Josh. Yes, <laughs> but like you said, maybe he just wasn't a fit for the Mavericks that year. They didn't need that position, but you know, Tyrese Maxey for sure on my list. Of players who have, you know. Yeah, and now of course, you know, with Jalen having left, I'm sure it would be awfully nice to have another guard waiting in the wings. But like, again, yeah. we had just seen the Mavs get brutalized by Kawhi. It's by kind Paul of wild George. because for a long time they're like, "Oh, we need three D guys. We need three D guys." Well, now the roster is stacked with three D guys, and then it was like, "We need guards. We need guards." Yeah. And now the roster is like stacked with guards, and it's like. We need centers. We need centers. Now we got two more, you know. And yeah, we got too many bigs, yeah, too yeah. many wings, not <laughs> enough guards. Yeah, it's all, you know. It's a weird balance. Yeah, you're just one off all yeah. the time. <laughs> like last year, I was like, man, it would be nice to have another big. And now it's like, man, <laughs> kill yeah. for a guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, hurry it up, Jaden. Um, okay, Zeke Naji. Just saw him the other night whenever the Mavs played the Nuggets. Uh, Josh. Yeah. 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 Uh, Leandro Bomaro has Josh. played 39 career games. Yep. R.J. Hampton this from is Little Elm uh, is originally with the with, was with the Nuggets and mm -hmm. got traded to Orlando. I'm gonna go same right now. Too early to tell. Too early to tell. Yeah, he's another guy. I believe the Magic did not pick up his fourth year option. Okay. So I, I think he's gonna be a free agent uh, again. Rare to see, but the Magic have so many guards. Like we're talking about, the Mavs have all these They're wings. Very the Magic have a heavy. ton of players. Yeah. Um, Somehow the Magic only have guys that are either like 6'1 or 7 feet. Right. You know, there's no in-between. You either uh, have a Cole Anthony or a Bull Bull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, how about this? A guy for the Knicks, Emmanuel Quickly, averaged 11 points per game for his career. Really good three-point shooter. Yeah. I'm, uh, mm, I, I want to say yes. Yeah. I think you got to give him the nod. Yeah, I think so. I think you got to give him the nod. Yeah. Um, That's a sleeper right there. Yeah. Dang, 25th? Peyton Pritchard. With the Celtics. Josh. All right, there you go. Udoka Azubuke for the Jazz, another guy that's had a, just a lot of injuries. Big yeah. man. It just He got hurt in summer league. It was, you know, kind of a bummer. Yeah, just based on that, Josh. Guy given the Timberwolves huge minutes, Jaden McDaniels. Really, really good player, I think. Yeah, um, I don't know. I would uh, say I got to give him the nod. Okay. I got to give him the nod okay. just because he's he's playing high leverage minutes for a good team and is I think he's going to get better and better. Okay. The problem right now is he's clearly like the fifth or sixth or seventh option on offense, you know? Wow. I think he can do more. But like Cat, okay. D'Lo, Ant, Gobert, you got so many yeah, other guys. Yeah, you got, guys, a, lot, yeah, you you got a lot of names. So he's kind of pigeonholed into this defensive uh, role. Um, Malachi Flynn for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I have no idea who he is. So Josh, <laughs> sorry, Malachi. Wow, catch it straight. He had a huge game for the Raptors 
at the end of his rookie year. He scored like 30 points against Dallas. The Raptors benched everybody. Okay. And it was the night the Mavs were trying to clinch a playoff berth. Was it kind of like the Boban game? Yeah, and Nick Nurse was just <laughs> rolling out all of these young guys. And Malachi <laughs> Flynn was just balling. It was really annoying. Okay, yeah, all um, right. Still Josh. Yeah, still Josh. <laughs> all right, and then finally, Desmond Bain. This is a hot take. <laughs> this is, I feel like, the one that like people will argue. And like you could go either way. You can't go either way. No, I'm sorry. I gotta, yeah. I gotta go with Desmond. Yeah, yeah. he's so good. He's I mean, so good. He's so, and you know, the Mavs weren't the only team. I'm that trying didn't to be draft nice, him. saying you yeah. go either way. Okay. The Mavs weren't the only team that didn't draft him. Twenty nine other teams didn't draft him, and and he's been really good. So congratulations to him. So okay, here we go. We made it through the entire first round, cat, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players that are definitively better than Josh Green. So how about that? The Mavs practically drafted a lottery level player that's right let's go we did it I shout out it. mavs i love it that was fun stop the count yeah we've done it now the fun thing about this we could do the same thing in two weeks or two years or two decades and our answers are probably gonna be totally different you oh know, totally this is just a little snapshot in time and yes we're high on josh green hopium right now we are we are we are huffing away yeah. uh we are we are very high on josh green but it's warranted. But it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Absolutely. We're on the hype train, like we said. All aboard. Uh, choo-choo. Okay. It's an electric-powered train because he's Mr. Electricity. We don't know where that name came <laughs> from, but that's where people <laughs> call him now. They'll try to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of it sometime. But, but yeah, that was fun. So uh, number nine, Josh Green, the number nine pick in the draft, will be on the court tonight. And uh, But we're not done. Our work is not stopping. We'll be back next going around the NBA, looking at the Mavs hot streak and more on Studio 41 Radio. Welcome back to the corner three. It's the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's the, I always get confused about this because it's like college. It's our second half, yeah. but it's the show's fourth quarter. So I don't know, are we the amateurs here? Are we the pros? Kind of my fourth quarter, but your second half. But it's my second what are you trying to too. say? I don't know. It's just real confusing. Are you trying to say I'm in college and you're in the pros? No, I'm trying to say that we're in college. <laughs> <laughs> Let's party. Let's go. The Mavs have won. So, uh, you know, Milwaukee game notwithstanding, we're, we're doing this on Friday afternoon. So yeah. we don't know. Maybe the Mavs lost by 75 last night. But, you know, Tim and I in the first half slash first two quarters slash the other part of the show – we're talking about kind of big picture stuff, but Kat, we're in college. We're gonna <laughs> live forever. All we're cared, all we're worrying about right now is today. The and here, the here and now, now is baby. awfully fun. The Mavs are riding a three-game heater, and uh, there's basically nobody else on earth who's hotter and more attractive than Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, you said it. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's killing it the last few games. I mean, I feel like he's really had this like awakening, and he's just. Uh, Shooting lights out. He um, has five straight games where he has made five or more threes, which is. He's only the 10th player ever to do that. There so you go. here's the list of shooters. Oh, you have the list? Doing. Yep. Uh, so only 10 players, like Katya said, have hit at least five threes in five straight games. Steph Curry is one of them and has done it seven times. Wow. <laughs> James Harden has done it four times. Paul George has done it twice. How about Jalen Green from the Rockets? He's also done really? it. Really? Yep. Damian Lillard. Of course, he was going to be on the list. Jason Tatum. Yeah. Gary Trent Jr. Really? Okay. Yep. He's done it. 
Former Mav Dennis Scott. He was not with the Mavs whenever he did it, but he's been on the Mavs, so we can kind of claim him. And then former Maverick George McLeod. Oh, now, yeah. George McLeod is like on every Mavericks three-point Hit like record. 250 of those bad boys one yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. And this is before the three was... No, this was when. This was like the last... Oh, season. okay. Well, it, w- it was whenever the they shortened it. They shortened it. Oh, the th- yeah, okay. And, yeah, because it was like no one was shooting threes, so the commissioner was like, hey, we got to kind of like... Let's spice things up. I didn't know that. Yeah, so they moved it in. So from the 95-96 season and 96-97 season, the whole three-point arc was as close to the basket as the corner three is. Oh. So, yeah, they just brought it in. And and scoring exploded. And then they were like, this is too much, too much. So they went back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Interesting. Yeah. So George McLeod popped off. He saw his window of opportunity. He saw his window. Hey, yeah. hey, can't knock it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the Mavs four and one in their last five games. That has been super impressive, and it's been it's been a breath of fresh air for us Mavs fans here. And so, um, they've played good teams, like plus five hundred teams. We'll we'll dive into that a little bit more. But uh, the win against the Warriors. I mean, after the Western Conference Finals, like any win against them is just. And that game was looking bleak too. Remember, it was like at the beginning <laughs> they subbed out Luca. Josh Green got his his yeah. pocket picked, and it was just real, just a yeah. bummer of a fourth quarter. And then they ca- they came out with a win though. You they know, did. That's, that's, that's all, all that matters. matters. Yeah. The Suns game. I was there. I witnessed this one live and in person. I loved it. I loved it. Always good to beat those guys. It, it is. It's so funny. I, I uh, have a former colleague that works in Arizona now, and he called me, and he was like, anytime the Mavericks beat the Suns, it's just a good day for me here in Phoenix. And I was like, now, It's been ages since they did it in the regular season, but it felt a lot like what happened in the playoffs. Yeah. You know? And Dallas got out to that big lead against them on opening night, too, just couldn't close the door. Yeah, so. th- that was – anyway. But it feels got like – Got the win this time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it feels like the tides are kind of starting to turn. Now, Phoenix yeah. was – they're shorthanded in that game and blah, 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 blah. But, hey. But still. Don't apologize but still, for wins. The uh, the most impressive win to me out of this little stretch was definitely the second night of a back-to-back. After playing Phoenix, they hopped on a plane, went to Denver, played the Nuggets the night after. Now, historically, we know that is a tough back-to-back. Normally, when you look at the schedule, that is a schedule loss. Yep. You're like, dang it, scheduling gods, why did you do this to us? And it's usually brutal. Yes. Like last year, the Mavs played in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back, and they lost by 30. It was not good. Yeah. I mean, you're playing an altitude. You're playing a very good team. I don't believe Denver played the night before, so nope. they were fresh while you know while the Mavs were tired or whatever that stat is. Mm. But, yeah, um, came down to the wire. Those last five minutes were kind of scaring a little me a hairy. little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just was like, oh, my gosh. Like, Please, someone just shoot the ball. Yeah. Don't just turn it over. You but know, shout out Dorian. Came <laughs> yeah. through. Top of the arc three. Put him ahead. And then those free throws, which I was like, oh, my gosh. What is going on? Strategic miss on the second one by Tim. Yeah. You see that Followell stat? Followell said that Dorian is now three for his last three on go-ahead threes inside the final 30 seconds of a game. That's a lot of threes. I like it. The yeah, numerology this is one. There. Uh, that, that Denver won last season against Sacramento and then the year before against Washington. Okay. All three in the final 30 seconds. Oh, that's he, he great. Drained him. Yeah. Shout out Dorian. Clutch player. Yeah, he really is. He really is. And he's not afraid to shoot. So I, I love me some Dorian. This thing right here is loaded. Yes. Not on video this time around. Nope. But, but you could hear the. You can hear it, yes. I think you could hear the slapping. 
So in the last five games, the three has come alive. And that is the biggest identity of the Mavericks, right? It's like you live and die by the three, like blah, 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 all your cliche three-pointer, you know, lines. But, I mean, it's looking good. They have made 95 threes in the last five games, which is um, 12 more than the next team, 83 by the Warriors. Not only that, but they're shooting it. 41.7%, which is also good for first in the league. So seeing that and seeing that click is really good. You're also seeing, like, good ball movement. Now, the Mavs aren't the uh, most – they don't assist a ton. You know, they play a lot in isolation and all that. So seeing them average about 24 assists per game, to me, that's great. Because last year I had a stat going that was, like, when they had 22 or more assists, they win. Sharing the ball, passing the ball, moving the ball. Of course, the more assists means that you're making shots. So it's kind of tied yeah, together, it, right? It's like tied together. They're making for a lot sure. of threes, but but yeah. also I think you know even in the Detroit game which they lost, um, and the Toronto game which they lost, those teams were double teaming Luca, and it feels like everyone else is starting to kind of make better decisions yes. in those situations. Now there have been blunders. You know, Dorian himself made a couple really I thought really kind of bad passes in the fourth quarter against Denver, but they're on on the whole, they're getting better. Everyone else other than Luca is getting the court better at vision making decisions. Is, yeah. We're starting is, to see more yes. like instead of Luca pass it to open guy who shoots, it's pass and then that guy will pass and that guy will pass. What people love to call shot. the swing swing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that and and seeing that is really good. Like whenever you have like a quote unquote hockey assist in basketball, I think that's good because it just means you're moving the ball more, creating more spacing. And just playing together, everyone's getting yeah, like getting everyone involved. Yeah, and when you get everyone involved, everyone feels like they have a part. That's what we always mean whenever you know state media or whenever Donnie Nelson talked about it at his final press conference, whatever. Like whenever anyone says like Luca get his teammates more involved, we don't mean like hey Luca go like sit in the corner and let you know Dorian Finney Smith isolate. No, it's just like. These kinds of plays, you know, kick it and then that guy kicks it and then that guy kicks it and then everyone gets a touch and we're all feeling great. You know, it's 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 kind of you're empowering your teammates to make plays. Now, there will be mistakes, like we said, but on the whole, this is what can happen, you know, whenever everyone kind of gets in in rhythm. Yeah. So I want to kind of dial it down to now Luca and Tim. So Luca and Tim have really, you know, had really good numbers in these past five games. So I know you love looking at lineups on stats.nba.com. So I kind of dove in and uh, did a little two-man lineup. So Doncic and Hardaway have combined to make 53 three-pointers during the last five games. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Just those two guys. Just those two guys. That's more than 10 a game. (laughs) More than 10 a game. And it's more than um, 10 teams have, like, how do you say it? So, like, 10 teams have not made 53 threes in their last 10 games? Correct. So, like, Luka and Tim are greater than 10 NBA teams. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Basically. Wow. Basically. They have played 100 and – they've shared the floor for 142 minutes. And in those 142 minutes, they have outscored opponents by a 52-point margin. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they are combined shooting 53.3% from the floor, 496 from three. And I believe their effective field goal leads um, at 66.9%. Wow. And that is, I, I filtered that by 
two-band lineups that have played 142 game, or minutes or more in that time span. Yeah, so an effective field goal percentage, for those who don't know, is basically points per shot. So 66.7% yeah. <coughs> excuse me, would mean that you're scoring about 1.3 points per shot. So you're, you are destroying teams. I mean, they're, they're scorching hot. Yeah, so this is uh, basically versus 17 other two-man lineups. Um, net rating, 17.9, which is very good. What is super astounding is their offensive rating, which is 132.3. The next best is Kelly Olenek and Jordan Clarkson for Utah at 121.5. Holy moly. Yeah, I mean, 132. The the NBA record for a season is like 117, yeah. 118. And so in the last five games, the Mavs are playing like it's the difference between like the 96 Bulls and like the 11 win Mavs teams. That's like the, the difference between the Mavs yeah. and the the best offense of all time. It's so good. <laughs> um, And then let's see. It was nice to see them having some fast break points against the Nuggets. Not a team that usually identifies with, you know, it's a lot of just half court playing. So it was good. Shout to out see. Josh Green. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Turning defense into offense and all those. I, l- I love like the basketball like cliches, like defense to offense. It matters, though. It is a truism, yeah. but it does it matter. Is. And it that's is. how you beat good teams. Yeah. Right. Like for sure. that is how you win against the good teams, because sometimes good teams like the reason that good teams are good. Right. Is because they can take away what you do best or they can take away one of your best things or two of your best things. Or maybe they have. Uh, three really good defensive players in their starting lineup that can neutralize some of your supporting guys. So, like, you have to find new ways to to win those games. You have to impose your will on the other team. And to the Mavs' credit, you know, Denver is also more of a half-court team, and so Dallas pushed the pace a little bit, forced some turnovers, got out and started running. They mm-hmm. double-teamed Jokic, duped him and the Nuggets into some mistakes, into some bad shots, and they won the game. And the Mavs this season have won a lot of games against really good teams. They are, as of Friday, 11-6 this season against teams that are currently at or above 500. Now, that means that their record against teams that are below 500 We don't have to talk about that. really not good. But 11-6. and six, So the Mavs have played 24 games this season. 17 of those games, so more than two-thirds of their games, have been against winning teams, playoff caliber teams. And they've won almost two-thirds of those games. And only two teams, Boston and Milwaukee, those are your two best teams in the NBA by record, have a better record against winning teams. So Dallas, again, it's it's like a blessing and a curse, right? They play their best against the best. Yeah. And, and that's against, been the trend the for a while. Best, they're not their best. Yeah, that's been that's <laughs> been a trend, you know, for for a few years at least that I can remember. But um yeah, Milwaukee, you know, Friday night, we're we're recording this before. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game, but if the Mavs come out with the win, they'll be you know twelve and six versus plus five hundred teams. Right now, Milwaukee entering that Mavericks game is nine and three against winning teams, yeah, including one and zero against the Mavs. And yeah. now, you know, the Mavs tip off at nine on Friday night. Then they got to hop on a on a flight and they're in Chicago for uh, Saturday night against the Bulls at 7 7 p.m. tip-offs. That's early after a late-night flight. The Bulls are really struggling this season, but that's a tough game, second night of a back-to-back against a losing team. And so this is a, you know, this is kind of a a, a gut-check sort of game too. So, um, yeah, I mean, but the Mavs and Bucks have had a lot of good games over the years too. And so these games are usually classic. Um, But, yeah, I, I I would rather play well against good teams and kind of, 
play with my food against bad teams than have it be you crush all the all the you know the dogs. Well, that's but what's then expected. You, yeah, and then you kind of get beaten up by the right. bullies. You know, no, like I want I want to be able to beat the Bucks. I want to be able to beat the Suns sure. and the Nuggets. You know, but um, yeah, I mean the Mavs are among the best at playing the best, which is really good. Um, there's one other stat from around the league that I wanted to share. Now, this is from last season, but this kind of ties to this season. So recently, you know, the Clippers, they were up 16 um, against the Magic. They ended up losing that game. Um, on Thursday night, the Blazers were up double digits at home against the Nuggets. They ended up blowing that one and losing. And, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, unfortunately, a lot of double-digit leads that the Mavs have blown this season, mm-hmm. too. But it feels like more and more, especially with the you know advent of you know every team is shooting forty threes a game now, leads are not safe, and so you know you kind of have to recalibrate your expectations when it comes to double digit leads. And there's no better way to do that than by looking at the playoffs whenever it's the best teams playing. So last season, from the opening, from the beginning of the first round through game one of the finals, teams had eighty five. There were eighty five instances in which a team led by at least ten points in the second half of a game. Okay. Okay. So 85 times teams were up 10 or more in the second half. Teams lost 15 of those games, which is roughly one out of every like six. Okay. One out of every five or six games. And so even the best teams in the league lose 16% of the time whenever they're up 10. And that's in the second half. That's mm-hmm. to say nothing of teams that led by 10 in the first half. And I'm pretty sure the Mavs had a few double-digit leads um, both dissolve and that they erased uh, in first halves of games against Utah, against Golden State, unfortunately, in that game two of the conference Mm -hmm. finals. Um, There were leads against Phoenix that both teams were choking up all series. You know, no lead is safe anymore. And so I think, you know, while we're talking about cliches, yeah, it's forty-eight minutes. You know, you got to play forty-eight good minutes. You cannot play. I was just about play. to say, I got another cliche. It's a game of runs. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it's like now more than ever. You know, how many times this year has it felt like, well, the Mavs played forty-five like really good winning minutes, but they just had three minutes where they fell flat in their face, and that is the difference in the game. I mean, that was uh, more than I'd care to. More, more okay, than, see, yeah, Phoenix, yeah. like you know. uh we can keep talking, but it's just bumming me out. Yeah. But, like, you know, you've got to play 48 good minutes because yeah. even the best teams, the Mavs are not the only one that are blowing leads. E- no lead is safe anymore. No. And so you, sure. better, you, you better, you better, you know, uh, what is it? Come, you better come. Uh, come correct. Come correct. There you go. Yep, that's right. That sounds real menacing and serious. So just to put it in perspective, uh, there has been 30 games this season where a team who has had a 15 plus point lead in a game first or second half have lost a game 30 no. games uh actually more than that so oh wow i'm gonna go like 35 30 jeez man and the mavs i think the mavs have had two of those 35 ish games because they blew a 15 point lead to the thunder to the thunder and to the suns yeah um anyway but yeah i mean that that means every team basically if we're going by this, every team has done it at least once is pretty much the the average. Yeah. If there's been 30 instances, there's 30 teams. Oh, okay. It's almost, it's closer to 40. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, it's 39. I just You're just tabulating yeah. counting yeah. the votes. Well, I'm doing the math because some of them have to, anyway. Just yeah. make the number bigger. Ma- help me feel better. It's, yeah. Help me feel better. It's 39. Uh, yeah. 39 games. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 
you got to play 48 minutes, man. It doesn't it doesn't matter what you've done in the first half or the first three quarters. You got to close it out. That goes for everybody, even the best. All right. You're in the bonus. Go, yeah, it's time to go in the bonus. I'm going to wrap it up by telling people to touch grass, as I always do. <laughs> so on Thursday morning, at Mavs PR sent out a very normal tweet, and I quote, the Dallas Mavericks have assigned guard Jaden Hardy to the Texas Legends of the NBA G League. Cool. It's the same thing that's been happening all season. Like End of story, right? Like, that's my end of bonus. Like, have a great weekend. No. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Why did this thing have 183 quote tweets? Some of them called Jason Kidd a terrorist and a war criminal. One person said, quote, there's no competence in this organization. Another said, quote, this is insanity. Half of them are riddled with expletives. One made me laugh, even got a little paternal. At Dallas Mavs, you were just wasting his talent. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Like, I am reading the right tweet, right? Like, I understand that fans are excited about Hardy. He's Jaden Hardy's been awesome. He had a three at Madison Square Garden. He scored 10 points in two minutes at the end of the Mavs game against the Suns. But he's a 20-year-old rookie, and real, true playing time in high-leverage situations matters a whole lot more, in my opinion, than garbage time displays of potential. 35 minutes with the Legends mean more than 10 minutes with the Mavs. Being assigned to the G League is not a demotion like how we'd view a major leaguer getting sent to AAA or something. An NBA team's relationship with its affiliate is much more fluid. If you want to know when Hardy will be with the Legends versus with the Mavs, lay their schedules on top of each other and it will make a lot more sense. If the Legends are playing, he'll be with the Legends. If they're not, he'll be with the Mavs. The Legends played two games in Frisco this weekend. That's like 70 minutes of playing time. That's great! Meanwhile, the Legends are off from December 17th to the 28th, so guess what? He'll spend Christmas in the NBA. Maybe he'll get more minutes in the NBA during that stretch, too. We'll see. Again, I understand the excitement. He's looked more like a lottery pick than a second rounder during his first month with the Legends. But unless you know a whole lot more about his game than what you've seen on highlight tapes, I really don't think you should be this worked up about it. In fact, I don't think anyone should be this worked up about anything. Calling the coach a terrorist is extremely weird behavior. Log off, take a shower, and touch grass. Read a book, go for a walk, join a club, make a friend, reevaluate things, play some chess, reevaluate things, do literally anything besides posting. Hardy will be along soon, whether it's this month or next month or this spring or next fall. It will happen, I promise. In the meantime, just cool the heck down and let the rookie keep learning. The payoff will come. Don't let your brain succumb to the rot before it does. Oh my gosh, I, I, I love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Like People way overreact about this. I would much rather him be developing his talent in the G League rather than sitting at the end of the bench waiting for garbage time minutes. And what you don't want to do is throw him out there when he's not ready. Yeah. Maybe they feel like he's not ready. Yeah. Maybe his offensive game is ready. Maybe his defense you isn't. You don't know. Maybe his playmaking isn't. Maybe maybe they have a plan for him. Maybe they know something that we don't. You know, like... All of the above. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not... This isn't a nuclear war. You know, this is yeah. a 20-year-old second-round pick developing. Like, yeah. it's a good thing that, like, you want him to play. It means for that sure. he's good. Like, this is a good thing. But let's not get that worked up about it. Yeah, dude. These, they're photoshopping J-Kid next to like Osama bin Laden. Oh my it's gosh, like, come on, no, man. This is just much, weird. You're just weird. Stop doing that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we're having fun, though. Glad you got that <laughs> yeah. off your chest, Bob. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I did, too. Uh, this is a fun Epcat. Fast and furious, as Very always. Very fast. Yeah. Uh, hope you all have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the game tonight against the Bulls. 
Let's go, Mavs. Let's go, number nine pick, Josh Green. Bobby's going to be doing pregame, halftime, postgame for the Bulls game. That's right. Tune in, and we'll see you next week on the <laughs> Corner 3.